Hello, New York Giants fans. Ed Valentine and Emily Iannacone of Big Blue View here to talk about the Giants' Week 9 victory over the Las Vegas Raiders, a, a 23-16 victory that that wasn't necessarily beautiful football, but it was old-fashioned, run the football, pound the rock, play defense, you know, win the game that way kind of defense. And M, I was sitting here thinking about it this morning before the show started. And I know you're sitting out there with your family and out there with your grandfather watching the game. And I'm thinking, this is an old fashioned smash mouth game that I'll bet your grandfather really enjoyed. Yeah, he did. He definitely did. Um, my grandfather wears headphones for every game, so he listens to it on the radio as we watch it. And they um, they weren't working yesterday, which was a bit of an issue heading into the game. But I think I think you're right. As a result, I was able to sort of hear him in live time react, especially to a lot of like the Devonte Booker runs, the strong defense that we saw, which I'm sure we're about to dive into. He, he was definitely a fan of a lot of it. And, you know, it's it's weird. Zach Rosenblatt of NJ Advanced Media pointed this out last night, and I should have realized it because I've been kind of pouring over the Giants record for the last few years, you know, quite a bit in the last mm-hmm. week or so. But when you think, when you, when you look at the Giants record since 2016, when they went to the playoffs, mm-hmm. do you realize that three and six is the best nine game record that the Giants have had in that entire span since 2017. Since 2017. Three and six. So, hey, we can say that there's progress being made. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's jarring. I guess it's all relative. I guess that, I guess that is progress. It's, who would have known? It, it's it's not something to be proud of. No. It's not necessarily a good thing. But I, I saw I saw Zach tweet that last night, and I was like, "Whoa, that's right." And that's not a good thing at all. No, no, <laughs> but, def- uh, definitely not, definitely not. But I guess we'll take it. I, I mean, sure, it feels like a step in the right direction. <laughs> take a win any way you can get it and you know it wasn't it wasn't a high scoring game it wasn't beautiful offense Mm -hmm. it certainly wasn't you know an up and down the field kind of game but but it was a close game it it was a team with a winning record that came into MetLife Stadium and when you're trying to right the ship and you're trying to 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 teach a team how to win games and, and or learn how to win games, you take a victory any way you can get it. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think so. I think so. It was, it was a win that was very reminiscent of how the Giants won games last season. Not that they did a lot of winning last season either, but it was a strong, strong defensive effort. The offense was, was lacking in, in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, the defense had three turnovers, so a lot of the points scored, I mean, the Giants only scored 23 points and a lot of those came off of turnovers. It wasn't the offense themselves. So there are still a lot of holes to poke and it, it wasn't a dominant win by any means, but this was a really good, or I guess the Raiders have been a little up and down. I, I hesitate to say really good, but I will, I will at least say that Carr entered Sunday's matchup with the Giants ranked in the top 10 in the league in passing yards completion percentage and yards per attempt. And they really did shut him down in, in a lot of ways. So it was, it was a compelling victory, still, still things that need to be improved upon, but there were also reasons to feel a little bit more hopeful than we have in some past weeks. I think you have to take an ugly win over an ugly loss any day of the week. And, and, Mm -hmm. and, and I warned you before we started, (laughs) I warned you, that one of the things I was going to do today is talk about some of what I've seen in the comments at Big Blue View and, and some of what I've seen in, in my Twitter timeline. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry. It's a victory Monday. The Giants just beat a team that was leading the AFC West. 
And all I read is Jason Garrett sucks. The Giants are too conservative. Their offense sucks. Gettleman should be fired. They have no offensive line. The Mm -hmm. game plan was too conservative on offense. Mm -hmm. On and on and on and on. People, your football team won a game on Sunday. Be happy. Complain another day. Complain Mm -hmm. after the Giants lose a game. I'm sorry. I can't. I, I just can't understand people who refuse to be happy no the Giants didn't play a perfect football game sure it would have been nice to see Daniel Jones throw for 600 yards and 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 12 touchdowns and 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 run all over the field but but the Giants did what they needed to do to win a football game spend a day being happy I just I don't get it I'm wondering if I should give you more space to keep going if if you need to. Well, I, I need to take a breath, Emma. I'm not <laughs> done, but I need to take a breath. That's fair. So, so feel free. That's fair. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. I think what you said uh, at the beginning was, was really well said. You take an ugly win over an ugly loss any day of the week. And we said this when we um, did, our, did our podcast on the Chiefs last week. That for the Chiefs, that wasn't a pretty win over the Giants, but it was a win. And at the at the end of the season, you're going to look at a total record. And yeah, we'll be able to poke, poke holes in certain games and say this could have gone this way, this could have gone that way. But at the end of the season, you're going to have a final record, and that's really all that matters is which which column we're filling at the end of a week. And I mean, think of the Raiders coming here after a very tumultuous week, a tumultuous season in a lot of ways. And and they're leaving after they scored 16 points against the Giants. Like, I mean, I feel like if I'm if if I'm New York, I am a Giants fan. I I'll take this. I feel like this is at least a step in the right direction. This is a defense that we used to see a lot of last year that seems to be hitting its stride a little bit. I think the fans can save their complaining, perhaps for when the Giants play the Bucks following the bye week we, there may be lots to complain about then and we can so we can just table it you know what as as i'm thinking about this i'm thinking the bill parcells giants won two super bowls playing the way that that the giants played yesterday by playing smash mouth conservative defense run game oriented football the tom coughlin giants won two Super Bowls by playing defense-oriented, smash-mouth, run-oriented football. Mm -hmm. The Giants yesterday played a team that has a terrific pass rush. The Giants have basically a second-string offensive line playing out there. They played a Raiders team that has an awful run defense. Mm -hmm. They went heavy personnel. They ran the football. It wasn't pretty. It was boring as all get out to watch Daniel Jones keep handing the ball to Devontae Booker and Elijah Penny and slamming the ball up the middle. But you know what? The Giants kept churning out first downs. They kept the Raiders offense on the sideline. They did what they needed to do to win the game. They protected the fact that they couldn't stop the Raiders' pass rush by not relying on the pass. You know, it's 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 not what you normally see in the 2021 NFL when you don't see a pass even thrown to a wide receiver until halfway through the second quarter. And I think you see, I think Giants wide receivers had three catches. I think Kenny Galladay had two and Kadarius Toney had one. It's not what you normally see Mm -hmm. but and you can't live that way every week I mean if if you remember the Giants won a game in Seattle that way last year Colt McCoy threw for 105 yards and the Giants beat the Seahawks Daniel Jones threw for 110 yards yesterday and the Giants won you can't live that way every week but but you do what you have to do the Giants played the way they had to play with the personnel that they have, especially considering that I can pretty much guarantee you, you know, they're without Sterling Shepard again yesterday. They're without Saquon Barkley. I can pretty much guarantee that 
none of the group of Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony, and John Ross, who were all out there trying to play, none of those guys is close to 100% healthy. None of those guys was going to go out there and have a 10-catch, 189-yard game yesterday. They ran those guys in and out, trying to keep them fresh, trying to get them through the game, trying to get something out of those guys. And and I just keep going back to the fact that that you know we, we, we've criticized this coaching staff a million times this year. It wasn't pretty yesterday, but they figured out a way to win a football game. And mm-hmm. I just wish people would would give them credit for that and, and be happy with with winning a football game. You know, for a change after so many close losses. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's there's something to be said for recognizing, hey, this is a weakness of the other team and let's try to exploit it. Because in the limited times that maybe Jones did drop back and try to throw a pass, the Giants' pass protection was really shaky. Jones was sacked twice and he was hit six times. He scrambled four times. That wasn't that just wasn't the move yesterday. And so there's something to be said for adjustments being made and for embracing a strategy that is clearly working. It's really weird that Kenny Galladay led all of the Giants receivers with two catches for 28 yards. That's very, very strange. And yeah, it's not, it's not a winning formula, but it just worked for the Giants yesterday because they, their receivers are so injured. A lot of them were probably on pitch counts of sorts anyway. And so it, it, it was just this kind of weird coincidence that that also happened to be a a weak like a stronger part for of the Raiders defense anyway so for the Giants it was like well let's rely on the run game and Booker ends up having a really good day he's just short of 100 yards on on 21 carries Elijah Penny had a few good runs at the end of the game when Booker went out with a hip injury that he said after the game was was fine he said he was fine so I I mean I, I I feel like that's fine I feel like there's so many times where when we do this Monday morning podcast where we're criticizing them for not making those adjustments and for not seeing, hey, this was clearly a strength of theirs, so let's do, let's adjust and do it this way. And and that's I feel like what the Giants did yesterday. And so I I feel like why why not? It's it's not a winning formula. It's not going to work against you know the Bucks next in two weeks, but it worked yesterday. So I feel like that's all that matters right now. Yeah, I think the point is you figure out a way to win. You win the game be happy for the day, figure out what's going on with the passing attack another day, you know, complain about, complain about the passing attack when everybody's healthy and, and had a chance to practice for a couple of weeks and you still can't get the ball to those guys. But M, you mentioned Devonte Booker and, and I have to, I, I guess I have to eat a little bit of crow here <laughs> because I have been shaking my head and I have been critical of the signing of Devonte Booker pretty much since the day that it was announced. I, the giants went out and signed Devonte Booker. Who's a backup running back to a two year, five and a half million dollar contract. I think they guaranteed him $2 million, which really makes it a one year deal anyway. But, mm-hmm. but they they hurried on the first day of free agency to sign Booker. They gave him, you know, more money than I thought they probably needed to pay a backup running back when they could have maybe kept Wayne Gallman or they could have picked up a street free agent and paid that street free agent the minimum salary to be Saquon Barkley's backup. And all through the preseason and all through the first three or four games, I just didn't see it. I didn't see what the big deal was about Devontae Booker. Why are you paying him the kind of money? Why were you in such a hurry to get rid of Wayne Gallman and make Devontae Booker a New York giant? I I specifically at times in the preseason, I, I asked Jason Garrett about Devontae Booker and he said, you know, we think he's a really good player. We think he can do everything. We can trust him on every down. I asked Joe Judge the, the same question, and he basically said the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I have to admit, the last couple of weeks, I've finally seen it. I finally get it. 
Devontae Booker is not a breakaway running back. He's not going to rip off 30 yards at a time. He's not going to be Dalvin Cook. He's not going to be a healthy Saquon Barkley. But Devontae Booker runs hard. He runs north and south. He can make a cut, find a hole, get to the second level. He can protect the football. You know, he's been doing that this year. Fumbles were an issue for him earlier in his career, but he's he's doing a really good job. The more he plays, the better he gets. We can see that he's useful in the passing game. So, I mean, I have to admit, I've been very impressed by Booker in recent weeks. I felt really bad that he didn't get his 100-yard game yesterday because he had it. He had had it. it. And then and I then, tweeted it, and then he lost yards, and then yeah. he got hurt, and he didn't get back in the game. It's it's and it's, a, it's like the universe was against him. It's like no, he can't hit a hundred yards today. Sorry. The the one good thing was he wasn't bummed about it. He right. sat there in the post game press it. conference, and we all tried to ask him about it. There were about four of us trying to ask him the same question at one time <laughs> about whether he was bummed about losing the hundred yard game, and he's like. What? He's like, this is the first I'm hearing about it. He didn't even he know. Said, he didn't even know. He says, I got some catches too, so I still got more than a hundred yards. Right. So, so he, yeah. So he, so he didn't care. They right. won the game. He had a good game. He didn't care. Right. But uh, you know, but so I guess my point is, when it comes to Devonte Booker, I have to eat a little bit of crow. <laughs> I think I think that's very fair. I think you're probably in the majority as well because, like you said, he's improved steadily each game, and so it wasn't immediately obvious that the signing made sense for the Giants. But he's definitely just proved himself more and more each week. Like you said, he's just just he's just becoming a more decisive runner, and he's finding the holes. And for the first time yesterday, I'm sitting in the stands watching the game, and if we're on a third and short. Or, or even just on first down, he was consistently getting five yards or so. And he just, he made it easier for a, a weak Giants offense to be able to actually get first downs again and again. And they really weren't even put in a situation like last week where we criticized some conservative play calling by Judge on fourth down. That They were never really in that situation yesterday because Booker was sort of able to help get them those yards and just eat up. Again, running two eats up a lot of clock. If you're playing a team like the Raiders where, you know, this is going to be an upset for the Giants if they win, they they shorten the game by running the ball more. And so he just he just provided a lot of a lot of additional help yesterday for sure. Even even when Booker went out on the final drive after the second Xavier McKinney interception, and we'll talk about McKinney a little bit later when we talk more about the defense. <laughs> Giants take over at midfield is maybe Five and a half, six minutes left in the game, something like that. And they're ahead by four. And you at least want to come out of that drive with a field goal. You at least want to be ahead by seven, you know, when when Las Vegas gets the ball back. Obviously, getting a touchdown would be nice, would be ideal. Right. But I may have enjoyed the two runs by Eli Penny. Mm-hmm. I may have enjoyed those two runs more than any two runs in the entire game, especially mm-hmm. I think it was the second run when he just obliterated somebody at the line of scrimmage and, mm-hmm. and ran for 12 yards Yeah, coming off a week where Penny had made a, a bad mistake That's against it. Kansas city on Monday night. Mm-hmm. You know, I really appreciate Eli Penny because he does so much dirty work for the Giants and blocking mm-hmm. and special teams. And, and and this year, finally, the Giants are at least occasionally giving him an opportunity to show what he can what he can do with the ball in his hands. And I I enjoyed that drive. And again, you know, I had people in my timeline criticizing the Giants for being conservative, but you know what they did. They took time. They took some time off the clock. They right. went and got points. Would have been really nice if they could have gotten a touchdown, but they at least got points. They took time off the clock. They put Oakland or not Oakland. They put Las <laughs> Vegas. I knew I would do that eventually, but they 
they put Las Vegas in a situation where they had to score a touchdown. Right. And, right. and I, and I think, I think that's, that's what you had to have. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I really enjoy, I just enjoyed watching those two runs. I enjoyed watching a giants running back flatten a defender. Right. Right. We had missed that. And especially without Saquon Barkley, but I think it kind of provokes an interesting conversation with Saquon expected to be back after, after the bye week, you know, the giants obviously, you know, have the next week off. So it'll be interesting to see if even if Saquon actually plays against the Bucks, but then also how Booker and Penny will fit into that formula in the backfield. Well, it, it provokes a larger, longer conversation and, and I'll just, touch on it here <laughs> but and i think you know where i'm going mm-hmm. but it provokes the conversation of when the time comes and it's coming soon do you really need to give saquon barkley a rich long-term extension i've said for years you can run the football effectively with good run blocking and a good running back you don't need a great running back and 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 that's to me what Devontae Booker and Eli Penny showed on Sunday and what they showed you know Monday night against Kansas City as well it's it's a long hard conversation that the Giants are going to have to have considering that Saquon Barkley has missed games in three straight years he's played seven of the last 25 games he really has not been a superstar when you look at it and you try to look at it honestly he really has not been a superstar since 2018 and running backs running backs the closer they get to the age of 30 we know what happens so it's really a a long, hard conversation that the Giants are going to have to have about paying Saquon Barkley big money down the road. But but as you said, the short-term thing of it is I want to see you know, how the Giants split carries and how they keep Booker active in, uh, in the offense you know, once Saquon does come back. Yeah, right, exactly. There's, there's a short-term question, which is just is more so just intriguing, honestly, and it might – but it will maybe provide some insight into the longer term question that that you just mentioned of what of what the Giants do as far as a long term contract with Barkley. I didn't realize the seven seven game seven out of twenty four game like that seven seven out of twenty five twenty five twenty five. Mm-hmm. I mean that when you think of it like that, it's just. Yeah, it's it's just it's just something I think that needs to be accepted at some point. Obviously, Barkley had a really prolific college career. He was great in 2018. But like you said, running backs, unfortunately, in the NFL already have a shorter shelf life. So and now the season 17 games long, I it's just it just is harder and harder to to kind of address that question. But, you know, for right now, it seems like maybe we have a good problem in that. They have two backs who have really stepped up in his absence and who really stepped up yesterday. And I mean, it was the run game and the defense that really carried this this game for the Giants. And before we talk about the defense, I do have to say this. Evan Ingram is Mm -hmm. a guy who has taken justifiably Mm -hmm. a ton of criticism from Giants media, from the Giants fan base, from us, from <laughs> us, yes, you know, and we're we're in that boat too, mm-hmm. and 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 none of it, to be honest, none of it is unwarranted, mm-hmm. okay, because Evan Ingram has largely, more often than not, disappointed, and more often than not, not played up to the skill set, the talent level, the athleticism that he does possess. Mm -hmm. But what I will say is I've had opportunities on several occasions to talk to Ingram. I've had opportunities to be in the locker room with him. We don't get the opportunity to go in the locker room anymore, but Evan Ingram is a stand-up guy. He's a hard worker. He doesn't 
hide when he makes mistakes. He owns up to it. And he's a good guy, a good teammate. He's a player who cares. And I just have to say that the play he made on the 30-yard touchdown pass from Daniel Jones, that was a tremendous catch. It was a big-time play. It helped the Giants win a game. And whether Engram is a long-term Giant after this season or not, I, I felt good for Evan Ingram yesterday because I because he's put up with a lot. You know, he got he got booed for for having the audacity to to come into a game in week three. <laughs> you know, he got booed for coming onto the field and cheered for going off the field. It's terrible. And 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 it was probably justified, but I probably participated. And you probably did. <laughs> You probably did. I, I honestly, if there was booing in the press box, I probably would have participated as well. <laughs> but, but I felt good for him yesterday. I felt good mm-hmm. for him to make a big play and not just to catch the pass, not just to score the touchdown. I mean, but, but to make a difficult catch, to make right. a contested big play like that. I felt good for him yesterday. Right. No, like you said, it wasn't it wasn't an easy catch by by any means. I, I mean, watching a replay of it, it just made me more impressed by it. It, I mean, it was the Giants' first drive of the game too, which is just very rare for us that we can kind of get some momentum going so early in the game. So it set the tone a little bit. Obviously, the offense was largely quiet for most of this game, but at least it kind of gave us a head start that we don't usually have. It was a great throw by Jones. It was, like you said, contested catch, really, really strong catch by Engram that at first made me shake my head because I was like, I was upset we didn't try to trade this guy at the deadline last week or just do just do something, try to get anything for him. But then you see a play like that and you're like, all right, well, this is this is what he's capable of. This is why we have him here and having your insight about kind of what he's like in the locker room and being able to talk to him. Yeah, that's, I mean, he, he needed and deserved uh, a play like that. And then hopefully we can just see more of it moving forward. Yeah, that, that would be nice, but you know, we'll see what happens. But like I said, I felt good for him yesterday. I thought that, that, that it was nice to, to see him make that play. And he was actually asked about the crowd reaction and, and he just, he just very quickly said, yeah, he said it was kind of cool just to hear people actually cheer. So I know he appreciated it. So I, like I said, I was glad to see him make a play. You know, he is still part of this team. He is still a key part of the team. So, so obviously, you know, giants as a giants fan, as someone who follows the giants, whatever your feelings are about Ingram, you should feel good when he does succeed. So, so there's, so there's that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we need to talk about this defense. We really do. We need to talk about this defense. Now, justifiably, I seem to like that word today. I don't know, but I seem to like that word today. Keep going back to it. Yes, I, I, I keep going back to it. Sort of, I, I shouldn't go here, but sort of like Jason Garrett goes back to the, the dive in between the tackles all the time. Mm. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. I, I I I didn't I didn't do that. I didn't do that after I did. But so but anyway, let, let let's move on from that. Mm-hmm. But uh but for the first 6 weeks of the season, this Giants defense really disappointed. They really didn't play up to the level that we came to expect. Mm-hmm. You know, last season where maybe they weren't a top 5 defense in the league, but they were a top half of the of the league defense. They were a good defense. They kept the giants in games and that's what we expected this year. Because when you looked at it with some of the additions that they made on paper, 
this looked like a better defense. Didn't work oh. out that didn't work out that way the first six weeks. The last three weeks, though, is a really different story. Yeah, absolutely. I I read um I read earlier this morning that Giants are allowing an average of 13 points over the last three games after averaging 29 and a half points over the first six, which is really, really significant. Uh, like, like we kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, it's a, de- it's a defense that's reminiscent of last season a bit more and is sort of what we've come to expect from Patrick Graham and has really come to into its own in recent weeks, really started with the Giants' Giants' really convincing defeat of the Panthers the last time they were at home two weeks ago. And then even last week against the Chiefs, they held them to 17 points. So it was another strong performance by the defense, even though that resulted in a loss. And there were obviously the three turnovers, two by McKinney, and then one at the end by Quincy Roche. How do we say his last name, actually? Now Roche. That I- Roche. Okay. I- Roche. I wasn't Roche. really sure, which I guess is the point. We haven't had a real chance to talk about him very much, but I'm sure we will today because he's really he's looking increasingly impressive in recent weeks. So just just cumulatively, they stopped. Um, they stopped Carr. They contained him, and he he was a top ten quarterback coming into this game. I mean, the second half half defense was pick six, field goal, missed field goal, interception, fumble, and I mean that that's how you help a team win. It is, and it's very interesting, M, because Patrick Graham is a guy he likes to keep everything in front of in front of his defense. He likes to to play the safeties really, really deep. He's not a guy who will go all out gamble and play cover zero with no safeties in the field and and all that kind of stuff. The Giants are really a a bend but don't break kind of defense. And really, to be honest with you, it's a at times it can be a make you shake your head, keep you on the edge of your seats kind of defense. Like, for example, in the last drive last night, I think Oakland went from their 25-yard line to the Giants' 13 in about four plays. They were on the 13-yard line threatening to win the game in the blink of an eye. Right. And we're you know, a totally different conversation. And 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 it and it's like, oh my God, the defense is a sieve. They can't stop anybody. Guys are running wide open, and then they make the play. And but I think that's the point. Is I've heard commentators, I've heard Carl Banks, I've heard people say this quite a bit in recent weeks. If you can force a team to drive down the field without getting over the top of you and getting, you know, 40 yard chunk plays. If you can force a team to go eight, 10, 12 plays and get, you know, four or five, six first downs to go the length of the field Mm -hmm. sooner or later, there's going to be a tipped ball or there's going to be a bad throw or there's going to be a missed block or there's going to be something you can take advantage of Mm -hmm. and you have to be able to take advantage of it. The first few weeks, the Giants did not do that. Mm -hmm. On Sunday, on Sunday, they absolutely did that. Right. I feel like in past, uh, on past Mondays, we just, we talked about so many almost interceptions so many almost chances that they were really right there and it just it didn't quite go the way of the Giants defense and that really for for what felt like the first time wasn't the case yesterday it felt like they were in the right spots at the right times again and again and again especially in the red zone which Giants had the third best red zone defense in the league last year and we we had not seen that up until this point but the Raiders scored just one touchdown on six trips to the red zone yesterday obviously there are a couple field goals mixed in there but that's huge to come up with those types of stops right because the field goal the field goal is generally not going to beat you the field goal is going to it it gives the opponent points but generally the field goal is going to to ensure that you still have an opportunity. And I think, you know, first and foremost, we'll talk about Xavier McKinney. 
-hmm. Now, as I wrote last night, I think in my things, I think column after the game, when I think about Xavier McKinney, I'll be honest up to this point until last night. Yeah. He had a couple of interceptions in a game earlier in the season, but one was at the very end of a game and one was at the end of a half and both interceptions were kind of meaningless. Mm -hmm. They were just sort of, you know, stat compiling interceptions. They didn't do anything to really help the Giants. The Giants drafted Xavier McKinney in the second round in 2020. Mm -hmm. Dave Gettleman bluntly admitted that the Giants had an opportunity to trade down in the second round and pick up an extra draft pick and possibly pick up Antoine Winfield, who's a safety that that has been a really good player, was drafted after McKinney. Mm -hmm. But the Giants loved McKinney. They wanted McKinney on their team. Obviously, last year he had the broken foot, only played a few games at the end of the year. Through the first part of this season, hasn't really been an impact player he made a few tackles here and there, pass breakup here and there, but he hadn't really done anything that really changed a game. And I've been beginning to wonder if we were ever going to see the impact player that the Giants thought they were getting with Xavier McKinney. And 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 yesterday we saw it. Those were two really nice interceptions where he was single high safety covered a lot of ground made two huge plays it was really like I said it was really the first time that I watched Xavier McKinney play and said you know wow those that's really good stuff right that we finally got it a little bit I I mean especially on the on the second one like you said because Xavier McKinney has recorded other interceptions this year but they they didn't really have an impact on the game for various reasons, because the Giants were already out of it or it wasn't competitive. But yesterday, they directly impacted the game, especially on a second interception. That was just following a play in which James Bradbury had been badly, badly beat. I was reading our quote book after the game, and he kind of gives a shout out to um, to McKinney for saving him there. So yeah, he, that- he he said, I'll just he said that that McKinney saved my life so, because <laughs> he, he he frankly admitted he had been beaten. And when you watch the clip, you know, he was, he was trailing badly and without McKinney, that's a huge play. Right. No, that's, that's important that the, to include that exact quote, he saved my life because really in another instance that the game goes, goes another direction that can be totally different. Cause like you said, the end of the game, the Raiders four plays are down the field and it looks like, you know, who's to not expect that they're not going to score a touchdown here. And, you know, the Giants only won this game by seven points. So that's 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 all very crucial. And so he stepped up in big moments and made plays that completely changed the game and turned the momentum of the game around. And, of course, the other guy that we have to talk about, we mentioned him a little bit earlier, is Quincy Roche. And mm-hmm. and and I have to admit that that watching Quincy Roche make that play, watching yeah. Quincy Roche increasingly become you know a big part of this giants defense leaves a warm fuzzy place in my heart it makes me feel smart (laughs) because if anyone remembers the big blue view draft coverage prior to the 2021 draft yours truly was all over quincy roche Mm -hmm. he was admittedly for me a huge draft crush. Mm. I I picked him for the Giants over and over and over in the third or fourth round of mock drafts that I did. And and I'll be honest, a lot of weeks that I left him off was because I just I didn't want to listen to people complain about me picking the guy every mm-hmm. single week. Mm-hmm. So so I was thrilled to see the Giants able to pick him up when Pittsburgh tried to sneak him to the practice squad. Right. He's not he's not a guy that's got the the world's greatest athletic profile. Maybe he doesn't have the the highest 
upside or highest ceiling in the world, but he's making plays for the Giants. He made a tremendous veteran play last night. And I think the thing that the thing that impressed me the most about the play that he made at the end of the game, the strip sack of Derek Carr, the thing that impressed me the most wasn't making the play. Honestly, the thing that impressed me the most was his explanation for the play. And I don't know if you you, you actually read it because you did the, the Quincy Roche story for mm-hmm. us last night. The fact that as a rookie, he was able to look at a quality left tackle in Colton Miller of the Raiders and say, I studied his pass set the entire game. I used a specific type of power rush the entire game. Mm -hmm. In this case, I knew I needed to change it up, and I went to the speed rush outside, which Miller hadn't seen Mm -hmm. during the entire game. Mm -hmm. To me, that is a savvy, smart, veteran kind of a move, and and I I was so impressed by that that you know that he's able to to sort of save that in his bag of tricks you know for for a time when when they desperately needed it and i, I like i said i think that impressed me more than anything right right and he also said after the game uh when talking about the final 2 minute drill that it's really a time for pass rushers to try to step up this is our time and i feel like that was that's what, exactly what he did he like you said he noticed something and he kept it in mind, but he waited until the best and most appropriate time to try to do something about it. And when the Giants really needed a stop the most, and that's when he acted on it. So it's really, it's really significant and it makes him almost seem not like the rookie that he is. And I guess Joe Judge was kind of with you. I mean, the Steelers thought they'd be able to sneak him onto his practice squad when they released him earlier uh, in the preseason and Judge scooped him scooped him right up. And I mean, Lorenzo Carter was out last week. Oshin Zimenez was a healthy scratch this week. And I mean, Roche is showing that he can really fill those absences and he should just see an increasing amount of playing time. I would agree. And it's, it's really interesting. Em. You saw, like you said, you saw Carter hurt. Mm-hmm. You saw Oshane Zimenez as a healthy scratch, mm-hmm. which I wrote last night. I think is something we are going to continue to see Mm -hmm. as long as, you know, it, when Lorenzo Carter comes back healthy, you know, Roche, as long as Roche is healthy, as long as, you know, rookie Ellerson Smith is healthy and, and Mm -hmm. sort of works his way into the lineup. I think we may, I think we may continue to see the giants move away from, from Zimenez, but, when I'm looking at this, M, you're looking at now none of these guys looks at like a 15 sack Von Miller, Khalil Mack kind of player at this point, but you're looking at second round pick Aziz Ojolari, who has been a very good rookie very impactful player for the giants thus far i think he's tied with leonard williams for the team lead in sacks at five and a half all he needs is another half a sack to set the the franchise's rookie record and 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 yes i know they didn't keep this this the sack stat i had a hard time spitting that one out (laughs) they had a hard they they did not keep that stat when lawrence taylor was a rookie i know that right but Officially, he needs a half a sack to be the franchise's all-time leader as a rookie. Mm -hmm. He's an impressive young edge player. Mm -hmm. Quincy Roche, who they picked up off the street from the Steelers, Mm -hmm. a very smart move. Guy that I, I actually wonder sometimes if they debated between Ellerson Smith and Quincy Roche in that fourth mm-hmm. round. I wonder if they I wonder if if there was a debate as far as which guy they wanted. But now you have Roche mm-hmm. and he looks like a useful player. He looks like mm-hmm. a quality pass rusher, guy who can defend the run, 
a good, solid edge player, just like Ojolari looks like a good, solid, sometimes better than solid edge player. If you can get something from Ellerson Smith, who's missed all kinds of time, he missed all of training camp. He, he didn't practice until two weeks ago with, with the hamstring injury. If Ellerson Smith shows you that he can be something as a pass rusher, you all of a sudden have three rookie edge rushers who you can begin to to plug in there and and really sort of begin to build, you know, the 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 foundation of a defense with at least, you know, at at a position that's been a weakness for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. It's really exciting to think about what that could mean for the future. I feel like the Giants have really invested in their secondary and cornerbacks. You know, we've we've got Jordan Love out there. We have James Bradbury. We've that's that's been more of what they focused on in recent seasons. But now with this, with you know, just sort of picking up guys off the street and just developing these young players and having them kind of turn out to be something and show some potential. It really has, it's, it's a part of the giants defense that hasn't received a lot of attention. And now it's, it's finally starting to kind of come into its own a little bit. And it really has the potential to become a strong suit and make the giants defense, which is the strongest part of the team at this point, even more formidable, which hopefully keeps them in games at least until the offense can kind of catch up a little bit. So it, it just, has the potential to make the defense more well-rounded. And last thing I think we need to talk about before we wrap it up here is the fact that Giants are headed to a bye week. They come back, they play the Buccaneers. But then after that, the schedule doesn't look as tough as the stretch that the Giants have just gone through. And when you look at the way things have gone for the Giants, they started 0-3. Now they're three and six. They've gone three and three in their last six games. They they've won a couple of games against weaker teams. They pulled out a game against New Orleans. You know, they 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 beat what's turning out to be a really weak Carolina team. Yeah. yeah. They beat a Raiders team that flew across country, had a really rough week with the rug situation and and all of that. So the Raiders maybe were not at their at their best preparation wise and focus wise on Sunday. But you have to win games like that when you're right. you know when you're when you're the Giants, you have to take advantage of an opponent when he's there to be taken advantage of. You're looking at at a second half of the season that it's not going to lead the Giants to a playoff berth because they're not going to go. They're not going to go seven and one over the the last eight games but but let's just say that they go five and three over the over the the remaining eight games of the season mm-hmm. they get to eight and nine that's a whole lot better place than I think anybody thought the Giants would have gotten to for sure you know just a couple of weeks ago and and is that would that be enough to to make you feel good about the way that the season ended. I, it, it maybe, you know, brings a whole different narrative than the, than the sort of downtrodden, Oh, they stink. Oh, they've got to fire everybody narrative that we hear so much. Yeah, I think it definitely does. I mean, as we started talking at talking about the beginning of this, you know, fans tend to criticize whether or not there's a win or a loss, but I have to think that, you know, if you can close out eight and nine or something along those lines, finish with a record somewhere around there, that is not what I would have expected a couple of weeks ago. That's not what I would have expected when we dropped that Washington game. So there's a lot of reasons to at least then feel just like a little bit more, more hopeful about where the giants are going, heading in, heading into the next season. And it just, it's momentum, if anything, and hopefully you feel like they can they can capitalize on it. It's Dallas obviously ran away with is running away with the division this year. They lost yesterday to the Broncos. So 
it just goes to show, and obviously the Eagles in Washington are, you know, right on par with the Giants, if, if not worse. So I think it kind of gives you a reason to be hopeful, at least about their state in the NFC East, because that's ultimately where they need to win if they're going to advance to the playoffs. So obviously that that probably doesn't happen this year, but if you can close out this season strong, then maybe you can kind of go into the next one, just feeling a little bit more positive about where you stand. There you go. And uh, Giants fans, I think, uh, you know, I, I had said my piece, I had my rant earlier, just be happy. It's a victory Monday. You've got a couple of weeks to celebrate this one. You don't have to uh, gnash your teeth over a bad loss for the next couple of weeks. So, mm-hmm. so be happy. Enjoy the little bit of a break. Enjoy the fact that maybe, maybe, just maybe, there's a little bit of a ray of sunshine, a little bit of a ray of hope, you know, for for the Giants at least in terms of of showing that just maybe when they finally get all their all their guys back and get healthy just maybe they'll start to look like like a, an actual good football team you know maybe things are pointed in in the right direction so hold on to that anyway and 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 just enjoy your victory monday as always please subscribe on youtube please subscribe to to the podcast on big blue view radio m thank you very very much as always and uh, get back to work will you <laughs> All right. Thanks, Giants fans. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.